And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Welcome to episode 45 of Down on the Docks. My name's Chris Neff, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, producing partner, and sometimes editor that doesn't fuck things up, mm-hmm. Dave Sarah. Hello. Pretty good, buddy. How are you? <laughs> you know that we're so popular right now. People are mentioning that we have they have limited edition downloads mm-hmm. of our episodes. Sure. Where um they're they're kind of cut, but yeah. not cut. Yeah. So we yeah. hear you in the background going, okay, all right, just do it again. Just do it again. So <laughs> listeners, five. if you have one of those episodes downloaded, you are in a special club because we, of course, <laughs> care about our art that we create. We go back and correct them. So if you are holding on to those episodes, they will be collector's values, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, valuable someday. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, as collectible as an NFT. Yes. So, uh, Dave, how are you? Used ya? to sell NFTs, right? I've never sold an NFT in my life. Traded them. Oh, wait a minute. Pogs. I've been gifted them and sold. I there did sell go. one. Yeah. Uh, how are you, buddy? Good, bud. How are you doing? Good. Come back from... A nice weekend in Austin. I heard you went to Kill Tony. Mm-hmm. 10th uh, anniversary. Boring episode. The, but, the fucking pre-party and after party were great. Right. But the episode was pretty boring. Segura and Rogan said about three words. He must have been sober. They were bone sober. Both of them. <laughs> bone sober. Bones. I don't know. Are bone sober? Yeah. Yeah, they are, right? Um. So here's the deal. If this is the first time. I saw the listening. deal that weekend, this weekend also. Oh, tell Tommy, Tommy done the Tommy deal. The I deal. said hello. Yep. Um, here's the deal, new listeners. If you're just finding our show, this is a very simple thing we do around here. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I break down in long form a documentary that I've watched. Dave will uh, occasionally attempt to crack some humor mm-hmm. and inject um, uh, something my he cum, might goo- Google. My goo. <laughs> okay. And then at the end of the show, I ask Dave, mm-hmm. will you watch this documentary? Right. So that's the show. That's the show, buddy. So uh, I'm feeling much better. Uh, yeah. If you can You're tell. near death. I was near death. You still look sickly. My voice is back. So I think we should jump right into right in, this week's episode. This week's episode is entitled Three Identical Strangers. Yes. Directed by Tim Wardle. Uh, released. In I love t- that game. Is he the inventor of the game, The Wordle? Like I said, Dave will interject with some jokes. You're trying to tell me this is not the Wordle guy? All right, let's go there. Tim Wardle. Oh, is Wardle. His name. All right. So, um, this documentary is currently available on Hulu. Uh, I've seen this documentary four times now. Wow. I really. Must be good. It's amazing. So, what, how long is it? Uh, like 92 minutes. <laughs> Perfect. We're looking, <laughs> we're actually looking close to contender for me watching one then. If okay. It's only 92 minutes. <laughs> Okay. I don't understand how this podcast was going to go longer than that, than watching that. So I'd rather literally just turn this podcast off and go watch that documentary right now. Can we just do that real quick? You just hear a hissing of the tape. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay. This film starts with what sounds like a fetal heartbeat from an ultrasound machine. Um, and then it fades into multiple heartbeats oh. before cutting off abruptly as a man walks down in front of camera and sits down. His name is Bobby. Shafrin. Shafrin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
He says, when I tell people my story, they don't believe it. I guess I wouldn't believe the story if someone else were telling it, but I'm telling it and it's true. Every word of it. It started when I was born. I guess I guess all uh, stories do. Well, I guess you could start it at inception. Yeah, that's true. Or conception. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. You're correct. Conception. Well, I guess you could think. Well, I think if you're saying inception, like we're about to have a baby, it could start from there. It all started when my mom and dad decided they wanted to have a baby. Well, his story started 56 years ago. I was reaching. You're always reaching. Um, <laughs> the story started 56 years ago. For the gun. Jesus so, Christ. So we go. can assume he's 56 years okay. old. Okay. But he says the real story began when I was 19 years old and I went to college. So the title card comes up, Three Identical Strangers. So Bobby continues. It was 1980. It was the first day of school at Sullivan. minus six. (laughs) I was five. (laughs) It was 1980. It was the first day of school at Sullivan County Community College up in the Catskills, about 110 miles from where I grew up. So I drove up there alone. I used to have this really old car. It was a Volvo. And uh, it was a 1970 Volvo. Uh, it had 130,000 miles on it, and the car was burgundy, but it had a green hood. Actually, it was car the, I called the car the old bitch. Is this a police description or something? No, he's just being very descriptive. Cool. Uh, but the old bitch got me there. Great band name, by the way. The old bitch. The old bitch. <laughs> Never heard him, Bubba. <laughs> Sounds like a booze. So shitty whiskey. Old granddad's bitch. <laughs> Can you give me some old bitch from the cupboard? <laughs> 102 proof. Yeah, it's going to be thick for sure. Yep. So Sullivan, the school he's at, it's a community college. Uh, I don't even know if it exists anymore. Uh, he says it sounds like a bar, by the way, not, a, not a fucking college. So, it sounds somewhere like you would drink the old bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come down to Sullivan's. <laughs> old bitch at a PBR, six bucks. Um, he describes a college. It's not a higher institution of learning, um, oh. not a longstanding a higher <laughs> institution. But as he arrives... There's nothing but station wagons dropping kids off. Mm-hmm. And he says, I was nervous because I just got into the school and I didn't know anybody. I was a freshman. Uh, I was never the captain of the football team in high school. I wasn't popular. And I'm walking around trying to find my dorm. Meanwhile, all these people are coming up to me saying, hey, how are you? Hmm. How was your summer? You know, mine was great. What about yours? Super. Why are they asking me, you know, how my summer was? I don't know. Everybody's being extremely friendly mm. and they're going out of their way to do it. Mm. I don't just mean high. I mean, claps on the back and high fives. Mm. And I'm bewildered because no one gets this kind of welcome on their first day of school. Wow. Okay. That's not exactly true. I mean, depends what kind of school you're entering. Yes. Girls are kissing me. What? Uh-huh. Like fully kissing me saying, I'm so glad you came back. And I say thank you and hello, but I'd never been there before, and I didn't know any of these people. It was bizarre. All right, now it's getting weird. And yeah, wait, this is just the surface of weirdness. Okay. And then I hear, Eddie, Eddie, how are you, Eddie? Hi. I'm like, my name's not Eddie. What's the name of this documentary again? Three Identical Strangers. It's called Three Identical Strangers. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Now keep in mind, this is Bobby. Yeah. And Bobby's, people are saying, hey, Eddie. You know, what's going on? Um, And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. I just got here. Sure, Eddie, you're really funny. You're really, really funny. And I'm like, I'm not Eddie. I don't know who Eddie is. Mm. Another welcome back, Eddie. They're all saying this. No way. I finally made it to this dump of a dorm room. No way. 
And before a minute had gone by, I hear a knock at the door. Well, who now? Yeah. Who now is going to come to find Eddie? Well, let's meet a gentleman by the name of Michael Dominance. (laughs) Michael Dominance? (laughs) I'm saying it wrong. It's Dominance. Okay. Now, quote. Didn't sound any different. Quote, he's Eddie's friend. Cool. I, it didn't sound different. I don't want to say dominance. 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 As, as opposed to dominance. 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 Oh, dominance. Yeah. Okay, dominance. Well, he says, I'd been at college the previous year with Eddie. Okay. And I knew he wasn't coming back to school. And as soon as this guy turned around, I was shaking. <clears throat> Whoa. I was, I know all color of my face dropped because I knew it was his double. Whoa. He had the same grin, Whoa. the same hair, Uh-oh. same expressions. Dude, this is sick. Yep. I'm excited right now. Let's Good. Go. Maybe you should watch one of these sometimes. Nah, it, it was his double. Wow. Well, Bobby says, and I see this guy's face, and he's just standing there. Michael, the first thing out of my mouth was, were you adopted? Mm-hmm. Bobby says, yeah, I was. Wow. I said, is your birthday July 12th? He says, yes. Wow. Uh-huh. Getting now, this is a little dude. weird. I mean, okay. I obviously, we get where this is going. Well, but. you get where it's going, but Michael says to him, is your birthday July 12th? Right. So that would imply mm, he was so close with Eddie, that he like knew he Eddie's birthday, birthday. Yeah, which is bizarre. Mm, I know my friend's birthdays. <clears throat> Only after knowing them for a year? Well... No, but maybe back in the 80s when there's not a, as much going on in your life. You kind of <laughs> you, you wrote shit down. And especially or, or like some what was it, July or June? July 12th. That's, that's during the summer, around right. around 4th of July. You tend to remember these but birthdays. Keep it, yeah, but keep in mind you don't remember them because college isn't on during the summer. So it's oh. not like there would have been a party that Eddie went to okay. and celebrated his birthday. Okay. I mean, there could have been a whole... I mean, come on. Ran, I think Rand... I, I don't know. Personally, I, I don't think it's that weird. I thought it was extremely weird. So okay. Bobby says... Um, it, I smell some foreshadowing. Bobby says, yeah, it's July 12th, 1961. And Michael says, oh my God. You're not going to believe this? You have a twin brother. Sick. You have a twin. It's fucking sick, dude. Bobby's like, oh my God. And he believed it right away, of huh? Of course. Yeah. Now, this knew. is the part where I'd be like, no, no, but not not if you're feeling all weird. They're like everybody's like, hey, welcome uh, back, and then you're okay. getting kissed. And you're like, and then and then you've been adopted. You're like, well, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of plus, course, like that one time that his brother broke his arm, and then he he felt it though in his elbow. He felt it. Yeah. Somehow so he felt he's it. Recalling that he's kind recalling, of stuff. I don't know. Maybe. No, it can happen. <laughs> I know. I know. It's called. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, not phantom limb. That's yeah, the other one. That's Fan- so, that's when old sailors get. Phantom limb <laughs> is when you lose a limb and right. you have to like pretend you have to do the mirror thing. Yeah, but I think I recall reading some studies where like uh, twins, not conjoined, just like regular yeah. twins. Yeah. Like if one of them. Um, like has a bad day, yeah. Or somebody calls him gay, like he just, <laughs> he's no, like, he man, I contemplate, <laughs> contemplate. Maybe I am gay. Uh, well, Michael says you got to come with me. And Bobby, according to Bobby, they uh, they run to a phone booth. They're crammed into this phone booth, shoulder to shoulder, and you know they close the phone booth. And Michael's trying to put coins in, and they're falling over the floor. And Bobby's picking up the coins. Well, Bobby says he calls this guy. Yeah. Now, this is weird, too. <clears throat> okay. Michael had Bobby's, uh, Eddie's phone number. So, I mean, okay. again, All come right. on. All right. Uh, you're, we, you're you going we're, remember, we're remembering names. I mean, we're, I, I remember some phone numbers. I remember okay. my cousins. All right. So he says. But again, you're right. I mean, it's, it's at a, this point, I would be thinking, odd. this is a little weird. Am I about to get abducted? Uh, I'd be, I'd be very that. cautious. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, they get this guy on the phone. They say, Eddie, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this, Eddie. You are not going to believe this. And Bobby says, this guy's more hysterical than I am. Yeah. Weirded, like weirded out. Of course. And he says, give me the phone. So this is Bobby. He says, yeah. Eddie? And he says, yes. But Bobby says, but it was my voice yeah, that said yes. Dude, yeah. <laughs> now, here's oh, the thing. shit, man. You're probably going to hate me for this, too. Okay. Are you able to hear your own voice and recognize it? Yes. Okay, I don't think so because, you know, like when you record something on a tape recorder? I've, I've listened to it so many times at this point, I can recognize it. But it doesn't sound like your voice? It just sounds annoying at this point. Your voice or mine? And you know what it is now, too? Now, when I do, when I've been more... With the headphones, yeah, you know, headphones with the microphone, and you right. hear yourself in in your headset, and how fucking stupid you sound. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to it at this. Point. I just know the phenomenon that's very common. Phenomenon that's very common that um, you know, when you listen to a tape recorded voice of yourself, it doesn't sound like you, or you have trouble recognizing it. Yeah, people who don't often <laughs> hear their own voice, sure, but at this point, I've heard my dumb voice enough that I'm just like, Ugh, all right. Well, Bobby says. Well, I said, hi, Eddie. My name's Robert Schaffrin. Yeah, the first thing, is that what I sound like? Yeah, because nobody thinks that exactly. they sound like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're on to the next part. Uh, and Bobby says, I'm meeting all these people who say I'm you. And he said, uh-huh. Well, I've been getting calls, too. Uh-oh. I said, were you adopted? And he said, yes. And I said, what's your birthday? July 12th. And I said, do you know the name of the agency? And he said, no, hold on. And I heard him go like, Mom! Uh-oh. And he comes back and says, Louise Wise Services. Sometimes when you're just having a dream, you know this can't be real. Like, this can't be real. But you know there's nothing you can do to stop it, start it, or change it. You just go with it, and that's what I was doing. I just wanted to see what was going to happen next. So Eddie's on the phone. Uh -huh. Eddie's on. You're, we're not seeing Eddie right no. now. Who are we seeing? We're seeing uh, Bobby. Bobby. And go on. Bobby says, well, and I'm like, okay, let's go meet Eddie. So we jump into the old bitch. <laughs> right. So Michael, he's in, the old, he's in the old bitch with Bobby. And according to him, it's nine o'clock at night and it's about a two hour ride and they're speeding. And Bobby says, we're doing a hundred miles an hour. Um, and we're driving as fast as this car would go. It, it was literally shaking. And, well, they get pulled over by the cops. Right. And Bobby rolls down the window, and this huge cop comes out with sunglasses at night. And he's wearing a big hat. And he says, I clocked you guys doing 88 and a 50. Son, you better have a really good reason. And I was like, well, officer, you're not going to believe this. And... You know, they're yelling There's at no this way guy. the officer is going to believe him. He says, fuck you guys. Here's your ticket. Fuck. Drive safely. So <laughs> Bobby says they head to Long Island and we get there, but it's the middle of the night and it's a really quiet neighborhood. So we get out of the car and walk up to the house and the lights were on and I reached out to knock on the door. And as I reached out to knock on the door, it opens and, nice. there, and there I am. His eyes were my eyes, and my eyes were his eyes. Yes, dude. And it's true. It's not like some Danny DeVito shit. Like no. with fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, no, I was thinking it's about that, that too. shit. By the way, if that was a movie, you'd be DeVito and I'd be Schwarzenegger. I'd, Nothing personal. I'll it's never, just the way things are. It's just the tall and the short <laughs> things. Very well. simple. 
Look, <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm just, definitely stronger than you. I but, doubt it. You know, just like you can dunk. But first, the third. Right. No, no, hold on. But. A low blow. <laughs> but. But. The, I got tricked. Yeah. No, but look, look, look. The one thing I remember from that movie was like, yeah, like when they explain like the yolk went into him and yeah. you got all the shit leftovers and shells. Yeah. That's how I feel the whole, my, the whole life. Well, you should. Yeah, because I'm 5'9". Yeah. So for those that don't recall, I'm 6'2 and an Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Papa. Canceling, canceling your episode soon, B. <laughs> so Just going to chill at home. We see, we see profile pictures of them. Yeah, it's it's striking. identical. It here's the thing. Uncanny, one might one say. One of them has just a little bit of a chin that's a little bit bigger than the other. Okay, but they're lookalike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael says they they're duplicates, and there's no doubt in my mind sure. that they're twins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So Bobby's going, oh my god, I'm going, oh my god. He's going, holy crap, I'm going, holy, holy crap. crap. Well, Michael says they just looked at each other and they moved. Every time Bobby moved his head, no, Eddie moved. come on, that's hacky, guys. It's, uh, Ed, come on. And then he says Eddie would move, Bobby would move, like they were in front of a mirror. Right. It was the weirdest thing. It was thing. the uh, Lucille Ball and Groucho Marx <laughs> shit. Can you imagine that, though? Just that experience of just being waking up one day and then walking in and seeing that there's another you. I mean, that's got to yeah. just, I mean, Dude, I, I, get, I just got chills just saying that. Can you imagine experiencing it? I know, and I'd probably be the fat out of shape one he's no doubt fit and shit and no doubt the one with the much drug better problem look. yeah i'm the <laughs> ugh. i'm the bad yeah i'm just the bad one so anyway come to find out our triplet is like a i'm assuming there's a triplet in this because it's called three identical strangers how do you know what's going on with this i'm just assuming because okay. the, I mean, there the, might be we'll get there okay so anyway Bobby described But I it. like that they just came out with the first one. Boom, boom, boom. It's called storytelling, Dave. Let's go. No, you I don't I, you don't fucking blow the lead. You told us the title. That's the title. But I mean there's a director. On. And you're right. I guess I guess theoretically. You're excited, buddy. I am excited. Just, I guess just admit it. I guess theoretically You're probably gonna watch this documentary. I guess theoretically Mike Dominance can Dominance could uh, be the third identical stranger. Well, he's not. Okay. You're gonna find out. Let's go. Well, Bobby says he describes this feeling as the world fading away, the entire world, and it's just me and Eddie. It's old dominance. Why, he doesn't what's even feel. What the fuck? I mean, again, it's got to be beyond a surreal. He might experience. be gay, maybe. Well, it's time to meet reporter Howard Schneider, who was with Newsday from '69 to 2004. I'm gonna do, I'm going to do an impression of him. Oh boy! So I'm in the newsroom. <laughs> it's the middle of a busy day. Uh -oh. We got a phone call from somebody who says they have an amazing story to tell us. You're not going to believe this story. And that my sounds first, like a Schneider. My first reaction, it's a hoax. It's so a hoax. I told our reporter, I want to rent a plane. In those days, you could do something like that because we had money to do stuff like that. I want to rent a plane. I want to see these two kids face to face or I don't believe this. Well, we flew the journalist to Sullivan Community College and he called me and he said, Howie, it's true. It's true. And I remember saying, oh, my God, this is a great story. This is a memorable, hot, woman story. And then the story went from being amazing to incredible, okay? From amazing to incredible. Okay. I'm definitely not watching this <laughs> documentary now. Well, it's time to meet Ellen Cervani. She says, I was on the subway, and it's very late at night, and I read an article about two boys who found each other. And they were twins separated at birth. And they found each other 
at Sullivan Community College. So there was no picture, but the story was fascinating. Well, I come home and I go to sleep. My mother came in the room and said, wake up, wake up. I have to show you something. And she shows me a newspaper with a picture of two boys. And I like had to focus. And I looked at the photograph and I said, is that David? And she's like, no. David now? We've got a third? But look at the hands. <gasps> and I was like, holy mackerel. This is beyond amazing. It's time to meet I love it, dude. a gentleman by the name of Alan Lux. Okay. It was a picture in the newspaper of two guys in the post. And I picked up the picture and I looked at it and I'm in shock because the two guys in the post look exactly like my friend David. That's correct. I stare at it and it wasn't just the look on their face. It was that they were holding their hands in a specific way. Is, they, it the, is the way Jesus was no, holding his hands? No. Like fucking, no, but he says they had big... By the way, I don't, I don't want to cut you off here, but by yeah. the way, now that you brought that up and I saw the picture, I've now seen so many freaking pictures that have that same like weird finger thing that yeah. you're talking about. Of course, if you're just inter uh, joining us and this is the, the first episode last you've ever Leonardo. listened to, Dave's uh, referring to the last Leonardo, episodes yes. 41 and 42, yes. where Jesus uh, incorrectly crosses his fingers mm -hmm. anatomically impossible. <laughs> If you want to learn more about yeah, this episode, yeah. finish this one and then go back to episodes <laughs> yeah. 41 and 42, The Last Leonardo. Leave us a five-star review. Uh -huh. Anyway, David describes these hands that look like baseball mitts. And he says, I saw the hands and I just knew it was David. Well, right. let's meet this David. Yeah. So to recap. He looks like Bob and Bobby we have, and... Uh, we have Bobby. And Eddie. We have Eddie. Yeah. Now we, we have a gentleman Dave. by na name of David. And where does he live? We, you get that. Okay, we, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just looks excited. Gotcha. Gotcha. David Kelman. Kelman. We meet David. Mm. He says it's a normal day. Mm -hmm. I go to school. I run into my buddy Alan. He said, David, look at this. And he's got a copy of the New York Post. Oh, shit. I already know what's going on. Go on. What do you think's going on? I think that David doesn't know that he's adopted yet. Wrong. Okay. Fuck. And he opens it up and says, look at this. Look. Look, familiar? Something to that effect. And I said, yeah, right, sure. But when we looked at it more closely, it was an article, and it said twins reunited after more Fuck. than 19 years. Damn, dude, that's so sick. Had a picture of two of what looked like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it started to sink in. Holy oh, shit. shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He, he says, this is, this is not believable. This is unbelievable. Wow, this is big. This is serious. This is just not some kind of crazy coincidence. This is not a minor resemblance. This is real. This is happening. This is really, really serious. I ditched classes and got home. My mother was waiting at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee. And I said, Mom, you see this? And she said, you see this? And we exchanged newspapers. It had born Long Island Jewish Hospital, July 12th, 1961. And it was Louise Wise Adoption Agency. Don't tell me he's there. He's part of like the biggest anti-Semitic family in the world or something. No. With the name David. Thank God. Okay. You're far from it. Okay. Thank God. But. Uh, like it's not like a, you know, Ku Klux Klan member or something. To reiterate what you were wrong about. He says, I always knew growing up that I was adopted. My parents were very open about it. But oh, yeah. It, but it said Eddie Galland of New Hyde Park, Long Island, Robert Schaffrin 
of Scarsdale, New York. I remember it said, son of prominent Scarsdale physician, Mort Shaffron. And my first thought was, oh, he got the wealthy family. This oh, obese, shit. <laughs> this obese probably driving a Benz. He, he got a doctor. Oh, that's fucked up that he thinks that. Eh, I think that's just normal. He's kind of cracking a joke. Too. Yeah, I get you. Well, Alan says, this is David's friend. He says, fucked up to the parents. Yeah, on, yeah, he's yeah, like, you to, fucking miserable you fuck, parents. Yeah, I know, you fucking nothing. Dad's a garbage man. <laughs> Being a garbage man in the 80s is good. Uh, anyway, Alan says, I remember being with David in the kitchen. And we're really nervous. I mean, we were, you know, jumping around. It was, you know, we're 19 years old. I mean, this is surreal. And David picked up the phone and he called information and he got a hold of Eddie's mom. Remember, have you ever used information? Are oh, you yeah. old enough? Of course. Because that's what we enough. did back in the day. Augie, I grew up before the internet. Don't worry. I was, I was 11 when we got well, the internet. For those of you that are listening and don't know <laughs> so, what information almost is, grew up. <laughs> before the internet, when you needed to figure something out and a number and you didn't have a phone yeah. book, you dialed zero. Yeah. And you said, hey, <laughs> hey, lady, pushing the plugs into the wall. Yeah. yeah. I need this number. Yeah. And What's then, Dave Sarah's number? <laughs> Do you know what city he lives in? Do you remember? Try so and so. Do you remember uh, doing emergency breakthroughs? Like with DMT? No. <laughs> so back in the day, <laughs> if you called somebody and it was busy, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, And it yeah, was yeah. really important. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You could call the operator. That's that. Okay, yes. And you would be like, hey, operator, yes. I need you to do an emergency breakthrough. Yeah. And they then, didn't have call waiting. No. And then that old broad. Yeah. In front of Man. the smorgasbord of wires. That's crazy. pull it out and say, hey, guys, sorry to interject. Uh, I have an emergency breakthrough yeah. request. Yeah. My mother did those boards for a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, but I st- I remember like, I remember when call waiting became a feature that you could buy. That's, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm 37. Yeah. So anyway, that's how we used to do it back in the day. Yeah. And people get worried or, you know, like if you had to get a hold of your parents, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what you do. Man. Anyway, yeah. David says, uh, I'm on the phone and I say, is Eddie home? And she says, no, who's calling? And I thought, okay, now i got to go through this whole thing on the phone. I said, well, my name's David Kelman. I was born July 12th, 1961, and I'm looking at a newspaper, and basically I think I'm looking at two of me. Uh, I think I might be the third. And he says, I think she dropped the phone. At this oh, point. fuck. <laughs> so That's a- so sick, So dude. Alan I says, this. I remember hearing her voice over the phone, oh, my God, they're coming out of the woodwork. Oh no! She thinks that it's a scam. No, I mean, just, oh, okay. everybody's just overwhelmed. That's what I was originally thinking too. I'm like, what kind of multiverse shit's gonna happen at the end of this? Like, everybody's gonna come on. I'm so and so. It's it's one thing to find out you have a twin, and then a couple hours later, I know you're you trip, you're tripping. You're triplet. Well, let's meet a woman by the name of Hetty Page. This is David's aunt. She describes it as a miracle. Um, the first time that the boys met together, the three together was at my house. And the three of them ended up like puppies wrestling on the floor. <laughs> As like se- the yeah. senior uh, uh, high, uh, freshman in college. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. She said it was incredible. Knuckling around. It was the most incredible thing. They belonged to each other. They knew each other. There was no formal introduction. I mean, when you meet somebody the first time, you don't end up rolling around on the floor with them. Now, we see several pictures of them at this point. They're all smiles. They've got their arms locked into each other. You know, they all have the same curly hair. 
the little mini afro. Um, you know, they're very good. They're well-built men. They're probably all around six yeah. one. Ooh. You know, but you know, muscular. They're not jarheads by sure they any came means. from a Jewish hospital? Yeah. They okay. did. Okay. <laughs> so David says it was truly not fully believable. Even though it was happening, it was still surreal. So you think you're dreaming. <laughs> I love that they're just fight like knuckling around like when they first meet each other. Yeah. They're just like <laughs> well, this is before wrestling. people went up to each other and gave out the pounds. No, I get it. Like, I, I would be doing the same shit. But he says you're looking and you're still like, oh, my God. You look at the other one. Oh, my God. And then you realize that they're looking at you or everybody else is looking at you, too. Well, we also meet Bobby's stepmother, whose name is Alice. And uh -huh. she says to have all three of them in the house at one time, it was madness. <laughs> well, we also meet uh, Eddie's father, Elliot Gallant, um, and he says, my emotions were shock, shock, and more shock. Uh. I mean, I can't explain it. I don't even have the terminology. Sure. Back to Howard. One of our reporters came running over to me and said, you're not going to believe this. You are not going to believe the call we just got. You know those two kids from the front page today? Well, there's a thread. God, this so, guy is insufferable. So Let's tone Page, him down a little bit for okay. my sanity. Eddie Page, David's ad says, they even moved the same way. <laughs> yeah. So all of us are watching this, and we just sat back and watched three separate lives all becoming right. one. Drop your pants, boys, and see who's got the, <laughs> the hanger. Well, Eddie says, or excuse me, Bobby says, the way I put it, this is interesting. I was, I looked more like Eddie than I did David and more like David than I did Eddie and more like either of them and they didn't like each other. Does that make any sense? Then they did look like each other. Uh, okay. Doesn't makes, make sense. No. It's a mind fuck. They're just, they're just <coughs> confused. They don't know what they're looking at. They're well, just, they've got three of thems now all of a sudden. Right. Well, David says. You know what kind of, dude, in the 80s, do you know what kind of havoc triplets can make on like like if you just didn't know that that they were triplets like you could be the best magician Rapist. in the world well i mean not the rapist <laughs> best magician magicians or some kind of shit i don't know something i know a magician was a gay one to pick but you just wait and find out what happens oh no okay you think magicians is a big pull <laughs> okay well david says we started comparing notes what do 19 year olds compare cock sizes <laughs> You're no? such a creep. Oh, the women that they've banged. <laughs> Booze. Oh, how much they can drink? Cigarettes. Huh. Food. Got it. Women. Oh, compare like yeah. what's better than what? Yeah, music. Oh. Okay. Cars. Sure, sure. So David says, I just bought a brand new Mercury Capri, which I loved. And Bobby had this maroon beat up Volvo with cracked leather seats. And I'm thinking, hmm, son of a prominent Scarsdale physician, huh? Oh, Yeah. Back to Howard. Uh -huh. I think it was Eddie who said right at the beginning, I don't know if this will turn out to be great or terrible. <laughs> so there was always a question mark, okay. a big question mark about where this story was eventually going. Okay. So it's kind of like when I heard that, I was like, hmm, this does sound like twins. Are they, trying like to the me? movie, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there could be some consequences of this extraordinary. I don't you know, re reconnection. I don't even remember the 
story arc of twins. Yeah, I don't like, either, but I'm just saying that yeah. pretending like I you remember. Made it sound I did. like there was some kind of bank robbery going on. Nah, or something. I just remember that it was like all good in the beginning, but then yeah, like yeah, Julius yeah. had to like one of them. Sure, it didn't end up perfectly. Yeah, happy. yeah, yeah. Okay. It was mad and the friends and not friends anymore. And but it was like again. some island of Doctor Moroshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I they were doing that. some so, intravenous. So call that foreshadowing on Howard's part. Wow. Okay. Wow. So what are you thinking? Like, okay. Well, David says we didn't realize from then on just how much things were going to change. So at this point, these guys make the press. So we see Tom Brokaw. Now with Warner, you getting paid for some stuff like that? Tom Brokaw back in the eighties was what? You getting paid for stuff like that? Tom Brokaw going to yeah. work? Yeah, they got to pay him. It's no, 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 like to do a story. <laughs> no. Like no, like no, no, no. Are no, you no. making any money on publicity? Really? We'll get there. Okay. Tom Brokaw here, one of the most remarkable stories Love I've Brokaw, seen though. in some time. A story about triplets. Eddie and Robert and David reunited after 19 years. We have another story. We have a story about triplets that gives me a new meaning to the phrase long lost brothers. Mm -hmm. Cue the uh, uh, Walking on Sunshine music by walking Katrina and the Waves. Sunshine. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> time to feel good. good. Well, that's, that's your, what happens afterwards. <laughs> to answer your question, they go on every show. Yeah. Oprah. I mean, I'm just, I'm no. Just, Oprah doesn't even Our really old exist man, in. Phil Donahue. Yeah, Don. The Don. And, uh, of course, Phil's exist. like, I don't know who's who's here. Uh, come on, <laughs> gentlemen. Help me out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they stroll out, of course, in matching outfits. Of course. Matching haircuts. Yep. And you can't tell them apart. Yeah. And Ellen, this is David's friend, says, you just had to stop whatever you were doing and watch them on <laughs> watch every the triplets show. dude it's yeah. so stupid yeah but it's just that like you know three triplets i mean it's kind of an incredible story again three triplets being um, separated at birth yeah you, you would I think mean, that you think we would have live in a society in the 80s where that wouldn't have happened in the 60s we're here to find out why oh shit not it was yet. burned down not yet was it wait was, were they born in the united states yeah okay 61 they were born they July meet 19 years later, so that's yeah. 1980. Yeah. It became a circus. It was a media circus. Talk about viral. I mean, this was, it was viral even then. Back to Phil. You guys have been on every front page of every newspaper in the world. Well, of course, they all say true at the exact same time. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're being triplets now. But are they being triplets or is this a cause, an effect of them being around each other? Is it choreographed? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was. You don't think it's choreographed? It didn't feel choreographed because you see them respond in unison. It's very, very odd. Hmm. Well, Ellen says People Magazine, Time Magazine, even the New York Times, and Good Housekeeping. Yeah, they should do studies on shit like that. Cause that whoa, they, whoa! Did somebody go into my notes? Oh, and find see, out what's I, going on. I was just thinking, like, I mean, people must be chomping at the bit to try to get to studies because they're like, there can't be very many triplets out there that were separated at birth. You're about to find out. Wow. Well, Hetty says it's a fairy tale, and people need to hear wonderful things. Alan says it was amazing. They really were strangers. They looked identical to each other, but they were strangers, right? You know, they really didn't know one another, but their behaviors were so similar. Yeah. So we see footage more from the Phil Donahue show, more from Tom Brokaw. Our lives are parallel to a phenomenal degree. 
it's ridiculous. I don't know which one's saying this because they don't say. <laughs> we're, Damn, they started doing that to you. Fuck. We're all the same. As soon as we started discussing our personalities, our personalities are the same. Our gestures are the same. We all talk at the same time. I'll start a sentence and he'll finish it. No, oh, okay. We all like Chinese food. Uh, Tom, you were all wrestlers at one time? Yes. You all <laughs> smoked the same brand of cigarettes? Wait, all of them were yes. wrestlers? Yes. Yes. And they all smoke the same brand of cigarettes? Yes. Maybe I'm their brother, too. Same kind of brand. Marlboro. Maybe I am their brother. They all like the same colors? Yes. Same favorite color. Which was? Green? They didn't say. Damn it. Uh, Yeah, I was curious. This is a guy in the audience. He goes, yeah, I was curious. uh, How's the taste in women? Is it similar? (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) So... Apparently, Hetty says, it seems they all liked older women. I like these guys even more because you know me. I'm attracted to older women. Yeah, we know why. Well, a reporter says, another astonishing coincidence is that each of the brothers grew up with an adoptive sister. Hmm. Okay. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Well, all the adoptive sisters are the same age at 21. Ooh. Now, is this a coincidence? No. Oh, shit. Yeah. They're doing child fucking... Shh. No. I don't want to watch this anymore. All right, let's go. I, uh, this is Tom Brokenjaw. I can't get over it. I'll tell you. Uh, an extraordinary string of uh, coincidences. You all have to agree, right? You say you love each other, but you've only known each other for a short time. Triplets. Doesn't right. matter. Yeah. I've known them my whole life. How long did it take to you to get that feeling? Then they go like this. Instantly. They all snap their fingers instantly. And I'm like, okay, it's choreographed. How could it be choreographed? Because they just did it. All yeah. three of them at the same time. <coughs> they were more like clones than they were brothers. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. It was just absolutely astounding because they grew up in what appears to be different households. Mm-hmm. David, we've been adopted by a blue-collar family, mm-hmm. a middle-class family, and a more affluent family. Bobby's parents. Well, Bobby's father was a medical doctor, and his mother was an attorney. So they're very well-educated, and they were living in one of the most prestigious areas of the country. Yeah. Eddie's father was a teacher. He had a college education, and they lived in what would be considered a middle-class neighborhood. My family, on paper, were the least educated. They were immigrants. English was a second language to them, and they had a little store. They were the more blue-collar family. My God. But my father was just incredibly generous and a warm guy. Now, why are you giving me the old gods? You starting I just, to feel I'm like starting something to feel, on the I'm level? starting to feel like even where the parent, where they went for the parents was somehow fit into the uh, whole research too because of the um, economic differences, mm-hmm. how it's stated. Oh. Well, Alan says David's father. This depresses me now. Let's go. Richard, he was larger mm-hmm. than life. Now, yeah. keep in mind, David is the, the blue collar of the Yeah, world. yeah, yeah. His dad. He says... He was a huge guy with a big cigar always hanging out of his mouth. We see a picture of him. Yeah. He looks like Pauly Sorvino from Goodfellas. Nice. Okay. He's out in the backyard in a fucking lawn chair, smoking a stoke. Yeah, yeah. Wife, you know, a wife beater on. Well, Bobby, he says, we referred to him as Bubba. Bubba. 
Ellen says mm-hmm. he was Bubbla. If you know Yiddish, Bubbla mm-hmm. is like love. Yeah. It's hugging. Mm-hmm. It's kissing. Bobby says Bubla. we spent more time. Am I pronouncing it wrong? I don't Bubla? know. I, I guess. I don't know. Well, you know a little Yid? You know a little Yidskis. Okay. Well, Bobby says we spent more time at David's house than any other place. Bubbla celebrated us like no other person. He said, I have two more sons now. Well, Alice, this is Bobby's stepmother. She says, when the boys found out, uh, when the boys found each other, it just sort of happened then and there. Here's a wonderful story, and that's it. Nobody questioned what was going on except the parents. Well, Hetty, David's aunt, she says, when the families first met up, there was anger in all of them about the fact the parents had never been told that there were other children. Oh. So let's meet uh, Elliot. Yeah. Now that's Eddie's father. He says, they didn't tell us a word when we were adopting. We right. knew nothing about the other two until the boys found each other at school 20 years later. Yeah. Eddie says, the first thing that hit me was what they lost. I believe they were six months old when they were separated. If you could imagine those three little bodies lying together and suddenly the coldness of being alone in a crib, it's terrible deprivation. <sighs> now, I really took a long time to think about this. <sighs> because... Do you feel like you have a twin out there, Chris? Oh, absolutely, in a parallel <laughs> universe. There's a thou- There's millions of us. Okay. There's millions of this conversation happening right now. I hope and not. An, and an infinite <laughs> number. I <laughs> hope some of them are better <laughs> and, well, better edited. <laughs> <laughs> there are millions of other podcasts just bombing into the ether right now. Somewhere in one of those universes, I'm doing well as a comedian. Uh, and I doubt it because they're parallel. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you think, I think about this a lot because my mom and I were talking about this recently and like what your oldest childhood memory is and how far you can go back. And I can trace mine back to, to two years to two and a half years mm-hmm. vividly. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And you, I have one vision of me crawling into someplace as a very, very young if child. If you're crawling, the that old, means you're a, uh, less than a year. Uh, the, the, I mean, I could have been older and walking at that point, but the one memory of me crawling into the walkway and seeing my parents and some other family yeah. members there is the oldest memory I can remember. Okay, that puts you under uh, one, though, if you're yeah. crawling. Maybe maybe one. Yeah, mine don't go back. But I'm far. not necessarily... like I'm crawling in this memory. Yeah. But just because you start... Just, just because you start walking doesn't mean you're not also crawling places. Well, you're getting deep. I'm just saying, like, I could have been right. already walking. No, but I can yeah. I can vividly remember being two and a half years old and sitting on the floor of a new house that my mom mm-hmm. and dad just bought. Ah, nice. And there not being furniture around mm-hmm. and us ordering Chinese food. And, and I was all going downhill from there. Uh, but I was two and a half. <laughs> so anyway, um, but then I also have another competing memory, which I'm not sure is earlier or not, <laughs> but I was in a car with a coloring book and it was a pink panther oh. coloring book and I'm literally coloring in it. I thought you were in church with, but a going penis back to hand. this, going back to this, she really, she describes it as a terrible deprivation because these three kids were reared in the same crib, you know, sleeping together. And then all of a sudden they don't have that comfort or, uh, you know, around each other. I'm so curious now. Well, David says... This I rem- is like some Stranger Things shit. It is. David says, I remember being told by my mother when I was a baby that I would slam my head against the wall. Wow. And I would basically knock myself out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Bobby, 
No. My mother said that I would bang my head on the inside of the crib and I would hold my breath until I passed out. No way. David says, I believe it was absolutely separation anxiety. Yeah, man. Holy sh- For how long, I wonder? They don't say. But yeah, Bobby but says all of us had been adopted from Louise Wise Services. Louise Wise Services, the New York institution founded back in 1916, overseen by a board of directors drawn from New York City's social, financial, and political elite. Mm -hmm. We ain't kidding, because we see stock footage of Louise Wise. She's hanging out with dignitaries. I saw her with a shot of Truman, okay? Yeah. So this is an agency that's been around since the early part of the 20th century. I bet they were uh, hooking up Epstein, too, at some point. This is Epstein before Epstein, I think. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking while I'm watching this. So David says they were the preeminent adoption agency on the East Coast for Jewish babies in particular. Wow. That was the place to go if you wanted a Jew baby. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you could be- believe this? <laughs> Don't tell Borat. No, you believe what she's saying right now? No, she's disrespecting? Mm, the, yeah. <laughs> and, well, I didn't think they came out of eggs. Well, it's time to meet Justine Wise Polier president of Louise Wise Services. And when we meet Wait, her- Hold on. Jewish people don't come out of eggs, right? Okay, no, of course not. Okay, come out of golden eggs. <laughs> it's like Easter. So Justine Wise Polier, and now when I say we meet her, we see her speaking in a vintage interview from 1982. She's long dead now. What we have felt at Louise Wise Services, where I have been active for a great long time, is that adoptive parents should be told as much about the background of a child as is reasonable. Oh God. Well, David says our parents, they wanted answers. Yeah. They're angry. I want lawsuits, too. We'll get there. Yeah. And they arranged a meeting. And they, the six of them, meaning all parents, yeah, they went to the Louise Wise Agency to try and get some answers in okay. terms of piecing together how all this happened. I want to ask you one thing. Yes. You can tell me if it's going to be clarified yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. Do we... Um, do we ever find out if there was a selection process on who these children were going to go to. Like, um, uh, are we going to find out, like, were these people approached to 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 um, adopt a baby or did they offer to adopt a baby is what I want to know. They were already looking <clears throat> to looking, adopt Got it, baby. got it. I can tell you that without giving you anything. All right, cool. Anything All right, cool, cool. Well, <clears throat> Alice, this is Bobby's stepmother, she says there was a meeting with the top brass at the agency and they were asked, is it true that you separated these boys at birth. And they said, yes, we did. Well, David says, (laughs) why? How could you not tell us this? What did you do? Why? And how could you? Alice, they said the reason was because it was hard to place three children in one home. Well, Bobby says the parents had been told Mm -hmm. that it was in our best interest that we be split up. And David says, that's not every parent, uh, that's not every parent would welcome triplets and that triplets would be difficult to place. Yeah. He says, I, that's, that's not every parent. I know that, but and, and it kind of makes a little bit of sense, but I already know that that's like their stock answer. Of course. Well, he says, at this point, my dad, this is Bubba, blew his stack and said, I would have taken all three. Yeah. There is no question. And Especially he was the rich furious. ones. 
He's not the rich one. I'm just saying, especially the rich oh, one. Yeah. You well, know what I mean? Bubla is full of love. Bubla, yeah. Bubla. So <laughs> the meeting comes to an end. And Bobby says they all leave. And they'd felt like they'd gotten zero answers. But Bobby's father realized he'd left his umbrella inside. Oh. Well, he goes As back he to get the umbrella. No. And he walks into the room no. and he turns a corner and sees them cracking open a bottle of champagne <gasps> and toasting each other as if they dodged a bullet. <gasps> so we meet Bobby's father, Mort Schaffrin. He's the doctor in Scarsdale. They look really like so like that was his impression that they had dodged the bullet. He, it's imprinted in his mind. So they crazy. look like they just missed getting hurt or killed or what have you. It Whoa. was that memorable. Whoa. <laughs> so, of course, the parents come away from this meeting absolutely furious. Bobby says the parents went to some pretty prestigious New York law firms. And initially, these lawyers are like, oh, yeah, you definitely have a case. And they're enthusiastic about, you know, um, you the know, millions of dollars you're going to yeah. make from this fucking. But that doesn't last long. Huh. A short period of time later there's a conflict that no lawyer would take the case. They said, well... What about the mother being a lawyer? Apparently, she didn't practice this kind of law. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I... Let me just explain yeah, to you what yeah, happens because yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the same response. <laughs> right, yeah. So they said, well, we have a number of associates who are trying to adopt through Louise Wise and we don't want to ruin their chances. So mm -hmm. that lawsuit was out. Now, I'm with you. Um, so she couldn't take it on behalf of her, of her law on the law firm that she worked at. Is was what they're saying? Correct. Now, I, I read some articles outside. Yeah, that said that insinuated that the lawyers were Jewish that they went to. Oh, okay. now, now my question is, I guess you got to go find Saul or somebody who's not Jewish or somebody who doesn't give a fuck. You yeah. got to call Jacob and Ronnie. Yeah, Jacob and Jacob, Larry H. Yo, Jacob and Ronnie would be like. <laughs> you're going to you're going to battle against the Jewish hospital. Yeah, let's do it. My point is, call Jacob and Ronnie. Call, call Jacob. Jacob. Anyway, I'm listening to this and I'm like, seems like you guys are throwing in the towel a little, you know, a little quickly. A little quickly. Maybe the affluent parents know a little bit of what's going on here. Maybe. Maybe. Uh oh. Well, <laughs> that sounded like a condescending maybe, and that I'm hoping. Yeah, it's, it's probably not not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, David says yeah. we're too happy at this point together, just hanging out to be angry. Right. So we didn't understand it, and to a degree, we didn't care. Right. Our heads are in the clouds, uh, but we knew our parents were pissed off. Yeah. But it was almost like, well, that's our parents' thing to go deal with. Sure. We're going to go party. Right, 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 right. So Bobby says, you got to remember, it's New York City, 1980. Drugs were different. People were different. Sex was different. Music was different. Uh, phew, we just, you know, took advantage of all those things. Now, I'm assuming by that statement, he means drugs were pure. Okay. Right. Probably didn't have to worry about getting fented out when you get an eight ball. Neither was I this weekend. Uh, um, you, you probably don't have to worry about AIDS. Right. Because it's not around yet. Nobody's using condoms. Right. And when he says music's different, I'm just referring, I'm guessing he means disco's hot. Disco's <laughs> probably 
dying at that point. Yeah. This again, Maybe not. you don't know your history. I have no it's idea. 1980. This is it's, it's thriving. Right. It's everywhere. ABBA's the all the rage. Uh ABBA's huge. Don is summer. Don Casey is summer. and the Sunshine Boys. Disco is king. Yeah. Uh David describes it as sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, Ellen, this is David's friend, says they're running around a muck in New York. Studio 54 is cooking. Limelight, yeah. Copacabana, they're hitting them all. And New York loves them. Absolutely loves them. They can't go anywhere without Dude, being they, yeah, seen they, in a newspaper. If it was picture. a reality show, they'd, be, they'd have a reality show if there was reality TV back then. They show s s just tons of pictures of these guys from the newspapers hitting the town. Uh, David says, I remember one morning walking in and my mother throwing the New York Post at me at the kitchen table and saying, I got to look at the paper to find out where you were last night. Oh, God. Hetty, this is David's aunt, says, the boys thought they're going to be stars. And actually, they did star in a movie. Oh, boy. This is funny. So they're walking down the street, and all of a sudden we hear, guys, guys, you're the guys. Can you be in our movie? Please be in our movie. Well, we didn't know it, it at the a time. Triple team on a chick or something? No, they we should, didn't they know it at the time. They could have done porn for sure. It was Madonna. Holy shit. You remember Desperately Seeking Susan? No. Of course you don't. Too young. Not a great film. Well, the, we see a scene. You don't from, say. <laughs> we see a shot from Desperately Seeking Susan, mm -hmm. and the guys are standing on a street corner, okay. and Madonna jumps out of her car mm -hmm. and walks into the building, and they all give her the eye. So, And that's... That's their scene oh boy. from Desperately Seeking Susan. I wonder how much you got paid for that. I mean, SAG rate minimum. I don't know what it was back then. but $1,200. Oh, that wasn't that no, much. I don't know. SAG day rate in the early 2000s was six fifty. So I bet you they got two fifty in resids for life. <laughs> resids, <laughs> baby. You're with Madons. <laughs> so Bobby says, well, we had to get an apartment together. The triplets apartment. Yeah. So Ellen describes <sighs> the triplets apartment as the most bachelor apartment times three. Oh, boy. Uh, the liquor store used to deliver them liquor. At one point, Eddie gets appendicitis. Aw. But he doesn't have insurance. Aw. So they pull the old switcheroo. Oh. Yeah, he checks in and is Bobby and has his appendix taken out as Bobby. That's fucking awesome. That's how you do it. Bro. That's how you do it, dude. Well, Bobby says between working together, playing together, going out together, going on dates together, and living together from time from the time till we met till later, there was nothing that could keep us apart. We even see a picture of their bedroom. They got the fucking exercise king size bed, and they're all sleeping in it together. Okay, that's weird, guys. <laughs> that's when I was like, this that's, is a little creepy, guys. That's because that means they are banging one chick sometimes. You think? Yeah. Well, they show like them out on dates with the women are different, but then there's just a shot of them all sleeping in bed together. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, here's the thing, man. Uh, I know what it's like to have a brother. Yeah. We had bunk beds. Yeah. But there was a divider. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just funny. I think they just wanted to do it because they're just like, maybe they've been yearning for it for so long. They're like, they just want to go back to that crib life. Maybe. I like we could get, in the bed together. We could be getting deeper here. Oh boy. Well, let's meet Eileen Schaffer. Some MK Ultra shit, dude. Jesus. Dude, Christ. I have that written down in my notes. No, really. Wait till I get there. Oh fuck. God damn it. You're always blowing my fucking no, deep research. I mean, yeah. Blowing deep. <laughs> let's All meet right. Eileen Schaffer. Yeah. This is Bobby's wife. 
I feel like I was the first ser- hold on. I felt like I was the first serious girlfriend. Initially, I couldn't really tell them apart, and I bump into them and I wasn't quite sure which one was which and which one I was going out with. So, Bob was this very raw, natural type of intelligence that I think I was attracted to. We also meet Janet Kelman. This is David's wife. I always thought David was the best. You know, out of all three of them, I said, you know, I got the pick of the litter. And lastly, they all sound the same. They all sound like <laughs> sound like Jersey trash. <laughs> they are <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I love that because I mean, you mentioned the cat scales. All I can think about is oh, Jersey trash. I don't want to say they're Jersey trash, but they're very Jersey. Their accents are trash. <laughs> all right. Lastly, let's meet Brenda Gallant. Mm. Without a doubt. Eddie was the most handsome of the three triplets. Oh, of course, broads. I'm partial, you know. I adored him. When I met yeah, him. Yeah, I know he had the biggest dick. Oh, you now, here's the thing. Uh, if they're identical, they got the same size hammers. Probably. You never know. No, no, no. It's the same. Mm-hmm. They have the exact same genes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. I'm telling you how biology works. I mean, there's got to be slight differences. Well, there's you said slight, one guy's chin was a little okay, bit okay, but there's slight dif- differences yeah. from you know their environment and their living. But their bone density is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Their muscles are going to be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we know, mm-hmm. the only uh, human uh, organ that you can't put muscle on is your right. hammer. It's your hammer. Okay? You're right. You can use as many dick pumps You're as you right. want. You're right. But you can't. They probably get all that have thing. the same hammer. They have the exact same. Oh, he's hammer. got the same hammer. All right, go. Anyway, she says he was the Casanova of the three. And I said, oh, boy, this guy's a real bachelor, like player. But he was so warm in his smile, and he had wonderful, beautiful hands, soft hands. And when I look and I shook his hand, I mean, you know, I just fell in love with him. Yeah. Now, this is very important. Sure. Sometimes you just see amazing directorial choices in movies. This is one of them. In the background, we start hearing... um, Lyrics from Billy Joel's Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Okay. Do you know the song? I'm not familiar. (laughs) All right. Let's back up. Okay. Who did Brenda just say she married? Uh Uh-oh. Eddie. Eddie. Give me the music. Brenda and Eddie were the popular steadies and the king and the queen of the prom. Oh, my God. Riding no. around with the car top down and the radio on. No, it's about him. Nobody looked any finer. Always more hit at the Parkway Diner. That we never will. We can want more than that of life. Surely Brenda and Eddie would always know how to survive. Wow. Oh. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I supposed to be playing No, music? no, no. Okay. So you don't know the Brendan so, Eddie song? So, so is that about them? I initially thought it was. Oh. I was like, this is too perfect. Oh. It's Brenda and Eddie. Yeah, Brenda and Eddie. Bre- that's how they say I it. I know, because they're Boston trash. <laughs> Boston trash. Not them, not him, but fucking <laughs> whoever. Jersey trash. Whoever sings that song. That's Billy. Billy he's Jones. not Boston. He's, he's no, no, no. speaking on Long, Long Island. Okay. 
couldn't go back to the graces. Best they could do was pick up their pieces. And we always knew they would both find a way to get by. Oh, and that's all I heard about Brenda and Eddie. Cancel you more than I told you already. And here we are waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This song was such a huge part of my college experience. Oh, I see why you got on to it right now. This is one I was of about the best, to kill myself. This is one of the best songs ever written. Yeah. Now, to answer the question. Brenda and Eddie. Brenda and Eddie with popular status and the king and the queen of the prom. <laughs> Driving uh, around I, 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 the park, down with a radio on. Couldn't go back to the races. Best I could do was pick up the pieces. Okay. If you haven't heard it and you're listening to this show, you need to go listen to scenes from an Italian restaurant. Okay. Bottle of red, uh, bottle of white. It all depends upon your appetite. It's one of the most thanks. romantic songs ever written, too. Sounds romantic as hell. Uh, but That's, it tells the story of Brenda right. and Eddie. They get married. You used to fuck to that song. Yeah. They fucking fall in love. Then they get divorced. And then life you fucked goes a pig on. named Brenda once, didn't Here's, you? No. <laughs> Stop. Who talks like that? I <laughs> fucked a pig named Brenda? Little Bre- respect to our female listeners, Dave. No, Brenda's Brenda's a soft. She's Here's what I'm gonna say. She had to cancel her European tour. The lyrics to this <clears throat> song yeah. are extremely foreboding for what's about to happen to this story. Oh. So Brenda continues. Yeah. By the way, Brenda's the least Jersey trash of all of them. Good. So she says, I come from a big, colorful Irish Catholic family, and he was a Jewish guy. When he came to the house for the first time, he looked at my dad and said, I don't know you know this, Mrs. Shanley. I've been seeing Brenda every night pretty much since the first night I met her. And I thought, oh, my God, my dad knows that, you know, we're together every night. Mm -hmm. And my dad was just sort of looked at me like, okay. And that was Eddie. Now, we see footage from their wedding. Everybody loved Eddie. Yeah. Ellen says, if there was a scale, Bobby would be reserved. David would be somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. And Eddie was the big, lovable, mushy, huggable, funny, you know, just like exuded warmth and love. Well, Brenda says... You know, we see these whole movies and, you know, they're amazing. He's like celebrating the birth of his daughter. And mm-hmm. it's very touching that we're seeing all this inside footage from this life. Now, at this point, I start putting something together that's driving me nuts. Okay. What's that? It hasn't hit you yet? Mm, no. Who oh. has not been interviewed in this film? Um, I don't know. Fucking Eddie. Oh, Eddie has not been interviewed. No. Eddie. It's just the two brothers. Eddie Eddie was the one. Well, I don't know that because it's hard. Okay, but Eddie was the one that they first called when they went when when Bobby went to school. Bobby called Eddie. Eddie calls Uh Eddie the first time. And in this film, we've seen Bobby and we've seen seen David. David, we've never. We've just been hearing stories about Eddie. Uh, Okay. Eddie isn't in the movie. Okay. Okay. So anyway but his wife is his wife is talking Whoa. about how amazing he was at family gatherings oh was oh uh, he died. Uh-huh. i'm like oh they're just gonna bring him in later and they're gonna mm. show like i wonder when he like dies. where he went to or you know so eddie was the crazy one so he owed these <sighs> on fentanyl okay all right let's Dave. go well i mean you're the one who said it he's the most outgoing what it is very true the ones like me with the big personalities, yeah, we're crying inside for attention. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell. Alan says, you know, Eddie really, really loved being around David and Bobby. Eddie seemed to get the most out of the three of them meeting for whatever reason. So Eddie was the one that Bobby, Bobby was the original person in the video that was at school that everybody Correct. thought that he was Eddie. And Correct. Eddie, we have not seen in the documentary yet, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. And he's like the, he's, and Eddie, Bobby's the one from the affluent family. No. No, no, no. Don't no. Hear, let me break it down. Yeah, for break you. it down one more time. Okay, so you you are correct. Bobby yeah. yes. is his dad's the medical doctor. Got it. And mother was the attorney. Right, but drives a shitty car. Correct. Okay. The fucking old the bitch. old bitch. <laughs> OB. Old bitch on the rocks, please. Ob. <laughs> Uh, Eddie's father yeah. was the teacher okay. with a college education. Right. So, so think middle class. Sure. And then you have Bubla. Bubla. <laughs> which is David's dad. David. Lovable. Lovable, but, but uh, garbage man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Not yeah. a garbage man, but yeah. Um, Got it. Blue collar. So what we're finding out here is that the middle class ones are the trashiest ones. Got it. Well, I don't think it's safe I, Honestly, I'm, same... starting, I'm starting to think the same thing because I, I feel like I'm more like Eddie. And uh, I'm not going to be around long, probably. And I came from like a pretty middle class like that. Okay. Actually, my parents are immigrants. What am I saying? Oh, I'm, more, I'm Dave. Right. I'm David. I'm Bobla. What the fuck is happening? I'm all three <laughs> of these guys. Am I related? I smoke Marble Lights, dude. What's happening? Let's go. Buddy, I'd say yes if you smoked reds, but they were very clear. They, oh, that there are reds? Yeah, there were reds. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, you know, again, Eddie is the one that's embracing all this and saying, I want to have this massive fun life together. I want us to be a big family, you know, and David says he was also the driving force in terms of leading the search for our birth mother. Now, this brings up a very good question, because I know this is very common, and it's probably the most natural reaction you have when you're, you learn this information. What do you think you would do? Would you go try and find your birth mother, or would you just, <clears throat> would you just say, hey, these are my parents, they raised me? I I think personally, because I generally hate my mother. I'm joking. <laughs> no, uh, I think personally, um, it would. Uh, and I, this is going to sound very self selfish. It wouldn't be so much about um, like going and finding my mother as to more of like wanting to know more about the story. Yeah, wanting to know more about why or this or what happened and. And I guess if I'm 20, 20 years old or whatever they are, like yeah. I'm not really worried about that at that point. But reflective now in my yeah. 37s, trying to be uh, apathetic and yeah. think and being in their shoes, empathetic, 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 and trying to be in their shoes, it, I would think um, now, like yeah, I would, um, I would want to know the the uh, some of the uh, behind the um, yeah behind the scenes kind of stuff not yeah. so much go find my and mother and it's probably an impossible question to ask unless you're in the situation of course of course 100% so yeah and and my gut tells me that I would I would go searching and I'd be respectful of course of my parents and say hey you raised me but I got to do this yeah <laughs> well anyway Dave, according to David he had the fever and he wanted to do it oh I thought you meant like jungle fever or no. something okay <laughs> <laughs> he got a fever and he just wanted to do it. Of course, I'm sure there was jungle fever involved because yeah. it's the 80s sure. and it's Studio 54 and they got a bed that they're all sleeping in together. So we probably saw a little I think the only JF. I think the only joke that I got a laugh at that one time we did a gig together was uh, we did a gig together. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think so. I can't remember. You must, must not have been too memorable. Uh, I hope. Yeah, it was very. Um, yeah, I wish. Uh, 
that uh, was, um, I told my mother I have jungle fever, and she goes, you want to marry a Jew? He's <laughs> the only one that got to laugh. <laughs> well, back to David. He said Alan was also rallying because it was just an exciting thing to do. Well, Alan says, we figured, what are the chances of having triplets born in New York on July 12th, 1961? And what they did is they figured out that the New York Public Library stored all the birth records. Right. So they go to the library. What was the name of that city in fucking in Denver that you'd had to, uh, you had to uh, call to or whatever? Oh, man, never mind. You, you had to call you, to a city in Denver? No, no, no. Back in the day, there was like yeah. every single government public record went to this one fucking like St. Pueblo something, Colorado. Oh, it's probably Pueblo. Pueblo, Colorado. Yeah, and like every single thing got sent there. Got rerouted to Pueblo. It's like the it was like the it was like the secretary hub. There must have been tons probably, of whores in there. Probably because of NORAD, maybe. Oh, I mean that's the only reason I could think why it'd be. Why did I always there. think NORAD was further up north? That's yeah, in Colorado, to my knowledge. Oh wow, maybe you haven't seen war games enough, like I have. Uh, you know what? Fuck, I just associate mountainous places with north of me. Because first of all, we, I live in the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah. North of me is the mountains. Yep. And I'm just stupid <laughs> like that, I guess. By the way, at this point, I'd like to point out to our yeah, listeners. I pointed to north. Oh, I know. Hold on. I fucking, and that's north. Tell I me that's what, the way I point. I'm instinctual. You, he is right. He is pointing north for those of you listening. But I do want to point out, if you've noticed a slight shift in tone in the last five oh, minutes, boy. it's because we took our Get Dave Bake break. Yeah. And... I can usually tell what Dave um, uh, the GDBB he gets his bake break, but uh, we're fresh off of uh, a DBB. Yeah, DBB. <laughs> so if you're hearing GDBB. a little bit more um, giggliness, uh, giggliness, it's because Dave's on the bake. Yeah, send anyway, some sticky strips. Anyway, so they're at the library and they just open up these catalogs and they're going page by page by page. And within a couple hours, it was bingo, mail, 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 three in a row. Wow. All born on July 12th, 1961. Well, David says right next to it, birth mother's last name. Oh. They found her. Horowitz. <laughs> they don't give the last name. <laughs> Damn it. Horowitz. <laughs> Not far off, buddy. Not far off. Yeah. The first meeting was on a bar on like 47th Street. I used to do a lot of drinking in the 40s and 50s, by the way. Um, it was an east side local watering hole. And it was awkward. And Alan says... Wait, you were alive in the 40s and 50s? No, I'm talking about the streets. Oh, okay. In the the 40s and the 50s. Okay. So Alan says she told the story of what happened. And unfortunately, it wasn't a romantic story. She was a very young girl. Mm -hmm. And David describes it as basically prom night knock-up type of thing. Yep. So... Couldn't abort it. Alan says, I don't think she ever got over the he fact. He must have been a stud that night, too, because he put he made some good babies. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring that up, and yeah. I'll get to it in a second. But yeah. she, Alan says, I don't think she ever got over the fact that she had triplets and had to give them up. Now, mm. I did a little research. Mm. Do you know what the odds are of having triplets? <sighs> one in 700. It's one. No, in- hold on. One in seven hundred thousand. It's one. You're close. It's a one in a million occurrence. Okay. Okay. Um, now, do you know what the odds are of identical, or as we say in the clinical world, 
monozygotic twins are. I get it because of the zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> no, the zygote. <laughs> I know what it is. So if, if, if triplets, if tri- <laughs> you're waiting for me to finish the sentence and you couldn't believe I said it's like, guys, <laughs> I love it. Okay. Triplets are one in a million. Okay. Uh, what are twins? Mm, one in 15 million. No. Okay. You're working backwards, buddy. Let's think about no, no. this. Oh, logically. twins, twins, yeah, twins. Yeah. Just uh, reg twins. Uh, one in 300,000. One in 250. Cool. That's no, no, 250 total. Oh, two. Whoa. It's not oh, that big of a deal. Whoa. Yeah. A lot of twins in my family. Yeah. One set of triplets. We have a set of triplets. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No shit. Yes. Uh, so are they your cousins? Cousins. Okay. Were they born Second in cousins. the 60s in New York? No. <laughs> because if so. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. But we have a lot of twins. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess I always thought that our family was special that we had a lot of twins. But no, we're just. Just, basic bitches. Yeah, you're basic bitches. They have the trips, though. Um, they are Armenian triplets, dude. When you see a unibrow, yo, they have the same Armenian unibrow. Armenian triplets? Yeah. Do you know what uh, Irish twins are? Uh, drunk twins? No. What? So the Irish twins is just a term for uh, children that are born within 12 months of each other. Mm. And it was like a, <clears throat> a disparaging term towards Got the it. Irish back mm. in the day when they, they didn't have birth up. control. Right. So they'd just be like, oh, you're an Irish twin. Oh, maybe that's why my my parents called me and my cousins Irish twins because oh, they were really? well. No, well, not your me, mom not, was fucking taking not, not, it. Not that. Wait, but no, because your parents had birth control. No, 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 that. no. My mother had has had sex three times in her life, yeah. and each time was to produce a child uh-huh. six years apart from each other. Okay, dude, your parents are six years apart. No, my me, my brother, and my sister are six years. My mom, yeah, her sisters are all six years apart. Oh, okay, that's really odd. And then so my brother is six years from my sister my sister six years from me and then her my mother's sister uh-huh. same thing six years apart from on their three sides too whoa um but uh but the i don't remember the point that i was getting to with my mother you didn't the, have one no the triplets yeah. the armenian triplets i swear to god like you would put them next to each other and there would be like Continuous a, a foot long unibrow from yeah. air, by the time they were seven months old or just like dude. a sharpie across the <laughs> picture wild dude wow well, anyway, they meet the mom, and David says, "You know, we're nineteen. We drink like a you drinking like a fish. You think you're invincible, but we found it a little concerning that she was pretty flock much of seagulls. <laughs> That's what? what it looked like a flock of seagulls. The unibrow because it kind of looks like a seagull flying towards uh-huh. you, like a little uh-huh. bird flying towards you. I love it when I start talking <laughs> about care. like we're like we're moving I'm on, right, and go, you're go. like I'm still baked and thinking about the unibrow. <laughs> the joke behind five star review, people. Okay, so she says, you know, or he says, we found it concerning that she was pretty much keeping up with us, meaning drinking, you know. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. And if that's the tree, I was less than thrilled. Yeah. And we already had our parents. So we met her and we're like, all right. But, you know, she was not a particularly close part of our lives. We're all young and starting our marriages and careers and we're like, beat it, Lush. I guess. I mean, he didn't say that. But, sure. No, I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just picture that scene. It's just like, where do you want to meet? Oh, let's go meet at a bar. And I'll tell you how you were conceived. And then yeah, I'll be yeah. like, uh, can you guys pick up the check? Because I got. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man, that's just fucking it's depressing. Rough. It's rough. Man. All right. Well, it's time to meet the triplets. Okay. okay. Hi. Welcome to triplets. 
Okay. They start their own bar restaurant called Triplets. Called Triplets. That's amazing. I would 100% encourage them to do that again. Would you have gone? 100% would have gone to some shit like that back in the 80s. Well, it's interesting. I love crazy, stupid, sticky shit they, like that. They show their logo. And what, is it in New York? Yeah. <laughs> like in a good part of New York? Yeah, it's in Soho. <laughs> Whoa. I don't, yeah. I, I don't suppose it's still there. It's not. Okay. It was there when I was there, and what? I didn't know about it. Okay. So triplets, they show the logo. You ever been to the beach, and somebody's like, uh, hey, uh, do you want a caricature of yourself? Yeah, oh, yeah. It looks like a caricature with of their the, three heads. Sure, sure. It's a garbage logo. Did you ever see the movie Multiplicity? Yeah, no, but it, it's great I movie. know. It's Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton mm-hmm. Andy McDowell. Uh, uh, I don't know who Andy McDowell is. But like, he multiplies himself <clears throat> yeah. so he can be a better dad. Great movie. But then what happens? What's the moral story? Moral of the story Something is happens in that, like, uh, you know, he just has to, like, not work so much. And, like, okay, that's not the moral of the story. You're describing is. the plot. Something no, has no. to break down. And I've never yeah, seen yeah. this movie, yeah. but I know enough about No, like, the thing is that, like, he tries to multiply himself. Because, okay, you're saying the moral of the story is get down to business, stop being a pussy, and either do the, you know, love your wife or. Yeah. Because or, I'm assuming or, or that. Do the work. In this movie, he it's, creates multiples of himself. Yeah, to get his work done. And then he realizes, I'm not being a good father, or I'm mm-hmm. missing out on life, so yep. he has to destroy the other clones he of himself. He doesn't have to kill the clones. They go and open up a, a, a triplets pizza place in oh, fucking Miami, do? yes. Okay, so nobody gets murdered? there's four of them all together. Nobody gets okay. murdered. <laughs> they don't have to kill number two, or number three, that or number four, whatever, comes out of retarded. Okay, got it. Because it's pretty funny. Well, he, gets, he does come out of retarded. <laughs> reporter. David and Kelman. stick a six of pizza in his wallet. David Kelman, Edward Galland, and Robert Schaffrin are identical triplets. Mm-hmm. Now, they run a New York restaurant called What, what else? else? You guessed the it. Triplets. triplets. So, at this point, we see an old video footage from May 1993. Uh, by the way, I was a freshman in college in New York in 1993. Mm, I was just playing Conan the Sumerian on my brand new computer. For hours, I played that game. What does that have to do with anything I just 1993. said? Okay. Uh, a bunch of people, we see them exiting buses. They're waiting in lines at a restaurant called yeah. Triplets. Yeah, they're making money hand over to fist. I'm like, I don't get this. So David says, we had a lot of people who And at came. this time that they opened Triplets, yeah. they're single. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it keeps going back and forth, obviously. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going back and forth. They don't really talk about like their life after Eddie, really. Or do or whatever. We'll get there. Okay. So we had a lot of people coming for us. They came to see the triplets. They wanted to be waited on by one of the triplets. Yeah, they didn't have Instagram. We served vodka frozen blocks of ice mm-hmm. and we'd get the whole room up and dancing. Okay. It was a big party. Bobby describes it as going to a big bar mitzvah. Bar well, mitzvah. A bar mitzvah. The reporter. <laughs> Triplets become wildly successful owning a restaurant in the Soho district of New York City. Headline, restaurant that triples the fun. Now, see, if I'm them, I go after a triple sec. Uh, good good wordplay go after a triple sec sponsor yeah triple sec dude yeah well david says i still don't know what triple sec is but it's it's, in everything it's in everything you can't make a cosmo without it you can't make a margarita what is it what's the triple sec it's fucking sugar it's just sugar it's literally just sugar liqueur yeah i mean that just emulsifies everything (laughs) 
I don't even know what that means. No, I know you don't. You're baked. (laughs) Yeah, it's an emulsifier. My my brain is emulsified right now. (laughs) You're emulsified, period. Anyway, David says we did over a million dollars our first year. Oh, fuck. Pretty good. I don't know if that's collectively or what. That's got to be pretty good. Um, Ellen says, well... That's when things started to get funky. Oh. Well, the drugs. <laughs> let's head to Austin, Texas and meet a mm, man. I was just there. I meet a man by the name of Lawrence Wright. Oh. Now, he's a journalist and an author. He says, in the mid-90s, mm-hmm. I started working on a story for the New Yorker magazine about identical twins reared apart. Mm-hmm. I've always thought, what would it be like if you turned the corner one day and you saw yourself. In the process of my research, I came across this obscure scientific, scientific article titled The, Psychoanal- the Psychoanal- Psychoanalysis. Nah, psycho- psych- Psychoanal- Psychoanalysis. Psychoanalytic. Okay. Psychoanalytic study of the child. Nice. Psychoanalytic study of the child. Psychoanalytic. Psychoanalytic of the child. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> Say it again three times. Skinacolytic. Skinatolytic. 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 It referred, it referenced rather, this secret study in which identical siblings had been separated. <laughs> I was shocked and intrigued. Okay. They were separating identical babies at birth. No. For the purpose of this scientific experiment. Mm. And these babies had all come from one adoption agency Fuck. in New York City. Luis. Well, Bobby says, Lawrence Wright called me and he told me about the experiment. And I said, this is like Nazi shit. Oh, my God. Now, here's the irony, of course. Nazis did this shit. To who? The Jews. And guess who's doing it to them? The Jews. Correct. So it seems like the Jews doing it to the Jews, really. It is technically the Jews doing it to the Jews. And I'll tell you why we know this in just a little bit. Okay. This so let's so go bizarre. back and think about World War II then. Yeah. I'm well, no, I mean, it's well, it's well documented. <laughs> of, course, okay. of course. It's not just the fact that they're... Okay, back up. Yes. The Louise Wise Agency, they're not Dr. Mangala with twins and doing physical experiments, okay? I get it, but, but they're comp- they're compliant. They're compliant Well, David says... It was kind of like reality hitting like a tidal wave. We were a science experiment. And Bobby says, these people split us up and studied us like lab rats. Got to remember. Gross. (laughs) This news comes out in the late 90s. So really, when I'm asked, actually, so I was actually more intuitive than I thought, really. Mm -hmm. Because I asked earlier. Before you got emulsified? (laughs) <laughs> you, you had some intuition before schmoll, the emulsified. All right, the but like, you know what's interesting is like, no, these parents were not approached, but the agency was approached. Okay, by who? I don't know. Power the powers that Pub- be, Pueblo, Colorado, dude. <laughs> the powers that be right now that will remain unnamed. Yeah. Okay, we will get to it. Um. Oh, maybe that's why all the males got to go through Pueblo so that you fucking gets checked for like. Norad. By the way, if you're listening to us right now, no, please fact right. check us on Dave's Pueblo. It's something like everything that. got like, routed through Pueblo. It's not everything, but like if you ever had, to, if you needed a form uh-huh. from the government, uh-huh. you would have to mail Pueblo or like a record. You have to mail Pueblo. Uh huh. 
Okay, just look it up, guys. You're a Mel Puebla. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Anyway, David says, we didn't recognize this stuff until it was put in our face, until it was in newsprint. But there were clues in the past. I remember from a very young age, people would show up to my house, usually a young man and a young woman, and they had me taking tests, mm -hmm. IQ tests, personality inventory tests oh boy they did hand eye coordination and they're tests. pretending they're just from the fucking like the adoption agency yes no yes that's why the parents were so pissed because they they knew that fuck something wasn't like exact like damn yeah well bobby says i remember people coming to the house having tests done like putting square pegs in round holes. Oh my God. Rorschach ink block tests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, what does this mean to you? That kind of stuff. Well, Brenda, this is Eddie's wife. He says, Eddie told me that when he was younger, he remembers people watching him and taking notes. And they would ask him questions and he would get frustrated with the questions. And he remembers they were videotaping him. Mm. And David says, I remember the filming more than anything else. Bobby, I remember having Super 8 films taken of me when I was on the swing set or on the slide. And David says, every single time they came, they filmed riding my bike, throwing the ball, and they wanted to see how many times I could, you know, go up and down on my pogo stick, roller skating, throwing a Frisbee, shooting a bow and arrow. You know, they had my attention. I was performing. The stuff they did would be more complex as I got older. Mm -hmm. Bobby says, I felt weird about it. I didn't really understand why they needed to come all the time so often. Why were they asking me all these questions? Does it say uh, up until what age they stopped? I'm going to get there. Okay. David, somewhere around the age of nine or 10, mm. I started becoming less comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mom, do I still have to do this? Do I still have to do this? Well, Bobby says when our parents adopted us, mm -hmm. they were each told that we were being followed as part of a normal study of the development of an adopted child. Mm. They had no idea, of course, that we'd been separated. Right, right, right. The agency said the children born in this period of time were all going to be in a normal study of adopted children. And as far as we knew, that was it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Elliot, this is Eddie's father. He says, this was a new thing. I wonder that, if like, they get a bonus like if they ever meet each other in person. <laughs> Who gets like, paid Lu the bonus? Like, like Luis, Luis the, the agency. Oh, like, Luis if they ever wise. find themselves, you get a fucking bonus. That's why they're popping the shampoo. Well, Elliot, Wait, we Eddie's father says, this was a new thing they were going to follow up with. Uh, all the children. And at the time, we accepted it. And David says, you're talking about a group of people that went and held a baby and did psychological testing on a six-month-old baby and then went to another house to see his brother and then went to another house to see his other brother and did this over years and years and years and years with full knowledge that we were within a 100-mile radius and not knowing each other. It's unconscionable. You're laughing wow, like that's Dr. Evil. Just crazy, dude. Yeah. And the people just want to trust the FBI and the CIA and stuff like that. Who? Well, Bobby says, who would think that anybody would be evil enough to come up with something like this? 
Yeah. I got bad news. <laughs> it's about to get worse. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Wright, he's the journalist that you know was researching. Lawrence wrong, bitch. <laughs> he says, in the process of my research, mm-hmm. I learned that the person really in charge of the study was a man named Dr. Peter Neubauer. Very distinguished psychiatrist. That doesn't sound Jewish to me. Hold on. It sounds German. Okay, but I kind of blew the lead a little bit when we're speaking about the Jewish situation. So I don't want to... uh, I was more of making a joke there, more than like being like a reference Well, what happened is is you guessed and you were correct, but I haven't revealed, and I don't want to skip ahead. Sure. So uh, basically... He says Neubauer uh, was an extremely uh, distinguished psychiatrist in New York and director of the Freud archives. Mm. He was an Austrian refugee from the Holocaust, and he set up shop in New York and became one of the great men of psychiatry in America. What I learned is that people at the Louise Wise Agency were separating identical siblings and then a team of scientists led by Neubauer would follow them. But it wasn't just the triplets. There were others. <laughs> After course, my that's article, like every fucking movie. There were others. I told you, it gets worse. Yeah. After my article came out, another twin sets discovered themselves. So we see a talk show host, and there's two women on the show. And the talk show host says, and they're here now. I appreciate you both coming on today. Uh, Paula and Elise. This is an amazing story. Is that the way to tell it? And Paula says, she wrote a book, by the way, called with her sister, called Identical Stranger. Mm-hmm. She says, it's funny. I mean, we say if we hadn't, we say if it hadn't happened to us, nobody would believe it. Yeah. And the talk show is like, this is a Disney movie. Yeah. Paula, it's a little darker than a Disney movie. Sure, I mean, yeah. It's good. Boring. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at home with my child in Brooklyn. Not darker than the new Little Mermaid, let me tell you. <laughs> and the phone rings. Cultural reference. <laughs> and I answer the phone and it was an adoption agency. We've got some news for you. You've got a twin sister <gasps> and she's looking for you. Well, the talk show host says... Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. So wait, is the identity... Are the sisters like... Were they, they before or after? They were... At the same time, oh, they the were part time. of the study too. Fuck. So the talk. Oh, oh, same study shit. by Neubauer. Oh shit. Who utilized no, 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 no. the Louise no, no. Wise? Agency. Okay, but it's not their sisters. We're not talking about no, like, no, like no, Eddie's. No. But we, but no. but what, do they talk about that again? Like how yes. they all have yes, an older. Yes, 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 okay, yes, okay, yes, okay, yes, okay, yes, okay, yes, okay. Because that's interesting too. Okay. So this person interviewing says, "Um, interviewing says, so let me get this straight. You were both editors of your high school newspaper." And you both went to film school? Yes. Well, it's funny because I don't know if you noticed, this is Paula. She says, we also have inherited mannerisms. And they're basically basically moving the same way unconsciously. I contacted the adoption agency and I said, well, why were we separated? And the talk show host, that's the million dollar question in the story. (laughs) Well, Elise... It's hard to give away twins. Elise, the sister, says... They said it was for a twin study. We felt that our lives had been orchestrated by these scientific researchers. Up. Of course it is. Who put their scientific needs, research needs or desires, their career interests before the needs of us and the interests of other twins and triplets who were separated. Yeah. Well, Lawrence, 
At this point, he says, nobody is sure how many identical twins were involved in the study. Yeah. I was told six to eight. <laughs> yeah, right. But we don't really know. Yeah. When you have a study like this, normally you produce the results and you show how large the sample size is and that sort of thing. But this study was never published, sure. which makes it all the more intriguing. Now, I told you earlier, at this point, I really literally took a note and I said, there's got to be somebody higher up involved. Yeah. Feds, CIA, yeah, MKUltra, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody. The Nazis. But, Op <laughs> Operation Paperclip. Well, that's the irony. Yeah. You know, the study was led by this Neubauer yeah. who was a survivor of the Holocaust. Austrian, yeah. Was he an Austrian? I mean, he's he Jewish. He's Austrian, but he's, he was a survivor of no, the Holocaust. Oh, so he's Austrian, okay. Yeah, I get it. So, no, I mean, I understand. It's not... And look, in the and I, I'm I tend to actually not really even give a fuck that they did this. Why? Is it's that? sad in the moment. Yeah, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave you, I gave you a very stern look there. Like I get it, dude. Like do it, do the test, dude. We need to know these things. We do need to know these things. But we need to know, like, do they like the same fucking ice cream? We need to know. David says, we did have an attorney try to get the records, and we received a small amount of information. It was very dry, technical, didn't really shed any light. So the fact that you told the twins, yeah, you, you were fucking, you were, you were separated for a study. Yeah. They told, the, that's kind of fucked up that they told, like, at least lied to me, shit. Well, yeah, but, but David says <laughs> the, the information they released to us, it was garbage. Bobby says, I don't know what the results were or if there were ever any results because I never saw them. Well, Lawrence adds, they're trying to conceal what they did from uh, the people, but why? Well, yeah. Alice says, I mean, what was the purpose? The study was never published. Why? Well, let's head to La Jolla, California <clears throat> and meet a woman by the name of Natasha Joseph Witz, who was Dr. Neubauer's research assistant. Mm -hmm. My name is Natasha Jofovitz, and I was Peter Neubauer's research assistant. <laughs> oh, come on in. Would you like a cup of coffee? Here are some of my buddies, Michelle Obama and <laughs> I. Is there she, pictures? Yes. Oh, God. She's very tall. I'm little shrimp next to her. <laughs> I come up to her right here. Nice big penis. This is Obama. <laughs> Okay, enough with that. This is Obama three years ago. Uh -huh. And here he is holding my latest book. Uh -huh. Sorry, I put a note in here. Uh -huh. No pictures of the Clintons whatsoever. Aww. I have to tell you, I said, Barack, I love you. And mm -hmm. he said, I love you too. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a kiss on the cheek. <clears throat> oh, Robert Redford here and Al Gore. This is Errol Flint. And I'm like, bitch, will you stop dropping names and get to the point? Um, yeah, it's all the libs. She says, no wonder she's in, she's in love with all this. They're the ones who, uh, who helped all this thing going on. I am not a part of the team. I am a peripheral person. I just do the hearsay. The first time I heard about Twin Study... What about the there say? It was just a dream in Peter's head. What was he like? Hmm, sexy. Nice looking. <laughs> Interesting. Mm, sexy. His background was very Freudian. Anna Freud, Freud's daughter, would come often in visit with him. He was very focused on wanting to make a difference in children's lives. Peter started thinking, wouldn't it be interesting to have a study of mothers 
who wanted to give up their children, who happened to be identical twins, and then could be separated at birth. If we could put them in two totally different environments, we could rest, put to rest the dilemma, nature or nurture. This is why my whole life, growing up, this is why we have these stupid fucking movies like this. Like the parent trap and the twins and the this is all because of this shit. Thanks. Garbage. They are garbage movies. They're all separated. I remember that was such a big... I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, holy shit. This was like a cultural revolution in the 80s. It was like twins finding each other. That yeah. was like all the rage. You want to... Should we start from the beginning naming those movies? No, but okay. what I'm saying is like... It, like I'm, it didn't like occur to me like growing up in it right now, like thinking back like, holy shit, there were so many references to being separated at birth too. Right. So here's the issue. Now, you may think, hold on, let me back up. She's basically saying the point of the research was to settle the debate of nature or nurture forever. We've got this question people have been asking forever. The way we can solve this is by grabbing twins, grabbing triplets, separating, studying, and find out what the effects are long-term and how people develop, whether it's nature or nurture that's doing the work. Right. Now, she says... Evolution. You may think, oh, this is terrible. You know, how could you do this? Well, you have to put yourself back in the late 50s and 60s. This was not something that seemed to be bad. Nobody said to take children apart. How terrible. That was not all anyone's thoughts. That was very exciting time. Psychology was just beginning to be the big deal that everybody was talking about. This was all in the terms of research and opportunity. Well, Lawrence Wright says, one of the great questions that science has never asked is, how do we become the people we are? How much of nature versus how much of nurture shapes us into the people that we become? And Natasha says, I did not go to the research but I would hear about it because I was in the office. What they found out was incredible. Well, Eddie, we see Eddie in vintage, you know, talk show mode. And he says, our lives are parallel to a phenomenal degree. It's ridiculous. Uh, you were raised in different homes. They all answer true at the same time. And Natasha says, I did not believe that it'd be as much hereditary as it was. That was more of us. That was more than any of us thought. So once again, we see these guys on the sh talk shows. They're all talking about uh, we eat Chinese food. We all wrestled. So we're getting a refresher course. And then Natasha says, we are moved to behaviors that we are totally unconscious about. It's disturbing. We don't like that. Now, I underline that very sentence. People don't like to hear them say, I have free will. We would prefer that we have some influence in our lives. Wouldn't you rather know that? That you have some control over this? And so finding out, never mind, doesn't matter what you do? So I think it's upsetting to people to see how little influence they have, how little control they have. We don't like that. We fight that. Well, Lawrence says, if the conclusions of the study were so shocking and so earth-shaking, why haven't you published your study? 
There is a lot we don't know. We have anecdotes that are very provocative, but we don't know. We don't have the data. And Natasha says, I don't know what happened to the study. I moved to Switzerland in 1965 and lost touch with what was going on. All that oh, research should have been seen. Went to Switzerland or fled <laughs> to Switzerland. Right. This study. Like, see, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, you want to believe that it's just, here's, the, here's, here's where my conspiratorial mind comes yeah. in. We listen to the story and we think, oh, it's a mother who had to give up and adopt a baby. And we believe the story that they give. Right. My brain goes, these motherfuckers were injecting that bitch with something and made sure that, that those three kids, that they came out a certain fucking way, certain height, certain build. And and like they they want like th- that it was planned way before that lady gave birth. That's what I think. <clears throat> I think. She was brought there because especially if you're wanting to do it, sure, it's a likely story now, but I'm not, you know, what what makes me have to believe that it's just like that? I think shit probably went on way before. Um, You know what I mean? I need to tip my hand a little bit. Okay. Because we're not going to be able to get through this whole thing. Okay, great. Uh, but I don't want to leave people hanging right. on the Jewish question here. But the Jewish question. I think we understood the Jewish question. Well, I mean, is, are, uh, the question is not not is like that. That honestly does not even come to my mind at all. Like he just have like if this guy's Jewish, then he's just in where he's in, and it's the '80s, and he's at a good hospital where he's got power to do this. Um, Here's the thing: to do this uh, research that is um, well needed for the for the safety of our country. Here's what you need to know. Yeah. The funding from... Well, ah, the funding. The the fund... Here's the thing. All yeah. of these children were Jewish. Okay. Okay, that were adopted. Mm-hmm. Louise Wise, mm-hmm. the agency, mm-hmm. was the go-to place mm-hmm. to get Jewish children okay. if you needed a Jewish child. <laughs> okay. I don't... I, I, I know that's not how you meant it, but if you right. wanted a Jewish child, well, that doesn't make it sound But if you have worse. to understand, back then... Yeah. All adoption agencies work that way. If you were a yeah, Catholic, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. you I were going to get a Catholic child. I get it. Right, I get it. I'm just explaining to our listeners. Sure, sure, sure. No, no, for sure. Because I want to make clear that you're, we, lo- you're looking at me in a way that like, no, I just want to no, make sure you're not raised. No, it's, no, no, it's not I, about that. I know. What it's about is not. that we mentioned, we referenced the Holocaust previously. Yes. Yeah. And I can't remember if in my head, if oh. I tipped that information or not. So I don't want people thinking that we are saying, um, you know, this... I, I need to be clear as to how this happened. I right. guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, you want to so, you want to make this part factual. Right. So what what we have to remember is this: the Louise Wise Agency yep. was an adoption agency for the you know for uh, Jewish babies. for Jewish people, but it was also well funded by the Jewish Board. Sure. Of family and services. Sure. Children's services. They've got their own hospitals. They've got their own in New York even now until today. They've got their own <laughs> bus lines and right. stuff like that. So. So here's it's the not thing. Nothing, you're not saying anything crazy. Right. And, and not only that, but the reason um, that it was crazy, and we're not going to be able to get into it and reference <laughs> get it. Get into this Jew shit. <laughs> we're not going to be able to reference it specifically yeah. in today's episode. Yeah. Is that it was coordinated by a man that was a Holocaust survivor. Right. And their whole point, being Jewish children, is how could you let somebody mm-hmm. who was in charge of this operation, yeah. who would survive the Holocaust, yeah. allow something like this to happen? Sure. 
That is why it's it's more ironic. It's a George Soros thing. I don't don't sidetrack me. Okay. It's more ironic than anything that yes. this was allowed to happen. Sure. Okay. I and I want to make it very clear. I don't think these are evil people no. that had evil intentions. I, yeah. I think it was uh it was a it's misguided me. study. Sure. And an idea that was not well thought out. No, it was before that. It was the 50s and oh, 60s. Oh, yeah, I mean, is this six, exactly. Excuse me. Is this the 60s? point is, I understand the desire for the research, mm -hmm. but it's I'm me. going to yeah. side with these children. Yeah. If somebody did this to me, yes. I would be furious. Right. I would be off the walls saying, yeah. how fucking dare you? Yeah. And we're going to get into it later on yeah. as to how m more fucked up it is sure. than you can imagine. But wow. I just want to segment this part of the episode because we're not going to be able to finish, like I said, this whole thing. Right. I'm going to keep going and pick it up from there. So <laughs> if you'll excuse me, um, after uh, Josephitz leaves and takes off, she says, this study was the first. It will also be the last. Right. It will never be done again. It will never be replicated. It's monumental. It yeah. is a monumental study. Now, that's bullshit. Mm. Okay? What do you mean? If they pulled this off in the 60s and said it's never going to ha happen again, yeah. and not only that, they were... It's going to be public again. Well, here's the thing. I don't know how to classify the institution as public or private, okay. the Jewish board in general, because the Jewish board is a, uh, is a charity and a human health services organization that... It has outreach to the entire world, not just Jewish yeah. people. But the point is, I, I'm sitting here saying, okay, you can't say it's monumental and then not tell me what the fucking results are. And, True. Then, and more importantly, if it was so monumental and it's never going to be done again, it's for their own bullshit. It's for their own. See, now like the, now like the government, and, and I know this is, the I'm Jewish saying word, it's the government. It, it's sort of, it's all intertwined. All this stuff is intertwined. You're Somebody correct. gave this dude who has, who magically has controls the archive of Freud, right? The man, one of the well, most well-known philosophers of all time, right? I don't even know what his real job is, other than <laughs> philosopher. Fuck, right, right. You know what I mean? Quotist, and uh, so it's like he he's got to have some kind of connection somewhere. Like, all look, and this is the last thing I'll say about this. Yeah, say what you want about people who survived the Holocaust, mm -hmm. if they made it to the United States, they were injected well back into society. They knew people, so they were able to get things done. That's all I'm going to say. Like, and, and, and rightfully so, Armenians were the same way. My parents left uh, Germany around the same time that this man m might have come to the United States, maybe, or like his family or whatever. Right. And so they knew, my parents knew tons of armenians that did the same thing so they just have it had a little more you know financial backing behind them interesting so my whole point is if this study was so monumental and it's never going to be done again when somebody says that i know it's being done right now yes do you know and what i mean behind closed doors yes. it's probably superpowers and shit. It, absolutely like they're splicing genomes into somebody to make spider-man yep um anyway david says in terms of their motivation um that they used to justify what they did i don't even care because it's not justifiable what they did 
And Hetty, that's David's aunt, she says, you know what? Coming from the Holocaust, our family has a knowledge of what happens when you play with humans. Yeah. You do something very wrong, and I really believe that because of this research, that these three boys did not have happy endings. Right. So back to the talk show hosts. Uh, what are some of the similarities that you all had growing up in your respective households? And again, they talk about all these similar experiences, tastes, desires, things, you know, physical things that they had. Um, and then the talk show host says, says, what are some of the stranger things you found out you had in common? Any other Anal. more surprising discoveries? And Eddie, this is from footage um, of the show. He says, well, sometimes when you think you're having a unique thought or idea and you go to share it with someone and they say, your brother just told me, it's a little annoying. It's unnerving. That's kind of weird, right? So yes, Eddie's yeah. not a part of the, the, oh, the film, right, 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 but they're right, going right. back in time and they're saying he's basically sensing or describing some sort of ESP type like experience. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, David says, being in business with my brothers damaged our relationship. Aww. We had conflicting work ethics. My father passed away. He really anchored us together as a group um, and kept the peace, so to speak. Uh, Brenda says they started to fight when the money got tight and they just couldn't count on the tears. God. Whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. And they bought an apartment with deep pile carpets and a couple of paintings from Sia's. A big butter bed that they bought from the bread they had saved for a couple of years. They started to fight when the money got tight, but they just couldn't count on this the is tears. Why you to whoa, keep going. whoa, whoa, whoa. You wanted to finish on that, didn't I, no, you? No, no, no. I, I, we're almost done for today. But she says the reason they fought is they didn't have the opportunity, that <laughs> gift of being able to be brothers for 18 uh, years, which kind of makes sense. It makes sense. Well, Hetty says, when you're living in a family of children, you learn how to adjust to each other. If I don't like the way you do this, I can get angry or I can learn to compromise. But they met as adults and they never learned how to live with each other. Mm -hmm. And Bobby says, as things went on, things got more complicated. And as things got more complicated, what happened, uh, what ended up happening was I left. Yeah. So he leaves the business. And Bobby says, after Eddie left, I felt that we were being betrayed. Right. And Bobby felt he was being pushed out. Either way, <clears throat> It did major, major damage to the mm. relationship. Of course. And subsequently, they renamed the restaurant Twins. Oh, lame. I'm That's kidding. pretty I'm gay. Kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I thought they were going to name it like Doubles or some shit, <laughs> some stupid like that. So. That's so lame. <laughs> so, anyway. I can see them doing some stupid shit like that. <laughs> Alan says, I think it took an extreme toll on Eddie. Okay. More so than I think David and Bobby. Eddie was always the one who wanted to have everybody at peace together. And Eddie was very upset. He was kind of crushed. It was eating at him. Brenda. Hey, you want to go back and party? He loved them dearly. And he wanted his brothers to be together. He was not just really sure how to deal with it all. You're just seeing a lot more kind of up and down behaviors. Mm -hmm. Erratic behaviors. 
And Janet says, this is David's wife, he would call people up at bizarre hours of the evening and then would say, I haven't seen or heard from Eddie in 10 years, they would say. Why is he picking up the telephone and calling me at two in the morning? Those were the signs. Mm. This was Drug just, use. this was more than just somebody who needed counseling. He needed help. This was like something very, very serious. Uh-oh. David, he could be unbelievably charming, but the downswing was a lot of anger. There was just deep, deep darkness. Yeah. Manic depression, I think, is what they eventually said it was. It made sense in hindsight. I didn't walk down the aisle thinking, you know, I have a man who is suffering from manic depression. People will say, how could you not know? But he was so unique and so wonderful and special. That's just who Eddie was. It was advised that he needed to be in a facility. I mean, I felt wow, bad. Wow, bad? He was yeah. going to commit suicide? Oh, boy. That look you're giving me. <laughs> David says, oh I felt bad that I put him through this trauma of going into a psych ward because I had been in a psych ward and knew how hard oh, it was. Oh, God. Yeah. No, all of these guys are manic depressants. When I was a kid, I spent my 16th birthday in a psych ward. No. See these motherfuckers. Bobby continues. I was in a psych ward, too. Bobby continues. We were really disturbed kids. Mm. We were all under psychiatric care oh. when we were teenagers. Yep. We all had very challenging and dysfunctional teenage years. Let's get back to another appearance on the Phil Donahue show. Uh, Phil says, could we ask about personal questions here? This is an audience member. Uh, apparently one of you was involved in a murder. Is that correct? Mm. Phil, it's up to you guys if you want to answer. <laughs> Bobby says, no, 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 no. People magazine. They said one of us was accused of being involved in a murder. Mm. And it was me. Um, who never met this person who was killed, never was present or anything like that. It was peer pressure. Friends pressuring me into covering for them, telling a story for them to the police. And that pulled me right into it. I've never mm -hmm. heard anybody in my life. Mm-hmm. So Lawrence says a lot of people in the study had dysfunctional childhoods mm -hmm. and some mental problems, and it raises questions. You know, if you're a person that has devoted your life, like not Dr. Neubauer has, to a study of mental illness, then is that a factor that you were researching? Aha. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Remember Elise Shine, one of the sure. twins? She says, when we first met, she's speaking of her sister, we had all these similarities. We had similar mannerisms. We both studied film. And then we found out we both had suffered from depression. Mm -hmm. So this is a letter I received from the Louise, Louise Wise Services. You were born 12.51 p.m. on October 9th, 1968, to a 29-year-old Jewish single woman. She was very intelligent with a high IQ. She entered a college, uh, she entered college on a merit scholarship, but emotional problems interrupted her attendance. She had a history of voluntary hospitalizations for emotional problems. Although I've not been able to locate the original medical reports, secondary sources noted that your mother's diagnosis was schizophrenia. It was really disturbing to read that my mother had been in and out of 
institutions. I started finding out more about other twins and triplets in the study. And it turns out that no one, not only had many of them struggled with mental health problems, but that their birth parents had mental health issues mm -hmm. and their adopted families were never told. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Interviewer, how is it possible that your mother had mental health issues? David answers, um, I don't think they were severe. I think she had minor issues. Yeah, I'm sure too. Like when these minor, some of these issues are also placated by the fact that you've separated twins or triplets at birth. This is really tough to watch because he says she had minor stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then he skirts on a or flips on a dime and says she may have had more than minor issues. Okay, yeah. It's very hard for him to get through this. But like, it's also, it's also <laughs> like the time is like, they don't, how much do they actually even know about this kind of stuff at that time anyway? Well, Lawrence says, were the scientists purposefully choosing children whose biological parents had a mental illness mm -hmm. and placing them into different homes to see is mental illness heritable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is it's fucked up too. It's I mean, fucking it's, nuts. It's crazy. And then, like, how much of it is like, okay, how much of it are they taking the baby away because you're mentally ill, you can't have a baby? It's fucked up shit, man. I think we're gonna leave it there. Yeah. Um wow. Um it's rough, huh? It's rough because I just keep going back to this point that none of this had to happen. Sure. And uh, what is the price? What is the cost yeah. for scientific gain? Right. And obviously, we will do our best to answer those questions yes. in next week's <laughs> episode. We hate leaving you on cliffhangers, know, it's but help. it's kind of the way it's going to be uh, for uh, this episode. We will get back to some, uh, you know, regular episodes. Um, Dave, we started off hot. I hate to end the show on a downer. Okay. So why don't you tell our listeners who this week's show is sponsored by? This fucking week's episode is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established 2016 in San Diego, California, by cannabis entrepreneur, entrepreneur our friend Anthony Bird. Great dude. Broccoli Farms is a modern taker in cannabis brands worldwide. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide... Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one. What's that? Broccoli Farms. 619. Find That's them right. on Instagram. Badoosh. The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego. Fair prices and quality products makes Broccoli Farms one of the best deliveries in San Diego for almost a decade. Be sure to mention down on the docks. That's DOCS, right? For 15% off your FTPs. Gifts and rewards. Check them out today on Instagram at Broccoli Farm 619. Follow Dave Sarah, Dave.Sarah. You know what? Horse Tooth 10 too. You don't need to worry about following me, but what I would appreciate is if you gave us a follow on one of our social media mm -hmm. accounts, such as Down on the Docks Pod on Instagram or Down on the Docks on Twitter. And then, of course, uh, the Discord. Um, we, you can find the lit. link in bio for that. It has been lit. There's a lot of great memory going on there. And we'd love to, uh, to get to know you a little bit better. So that's how to do it. As always, if you want to send us a direct email or have a suggestion for a documentary, and trust me, I need as we many get to as you that. 
Yeah. Man. We're going to get to, we're, at, we're almost at 52. You can email us at down you on the You know how many docks. fucking documentaries that is, dude? Yeah. 52 fucking documentaries in a year. Yeah, what's our email? We're almost there. Down on the docks at gmail.com, baby. Shoot us an email. We will finish up this amazing documentary and uh, join you next week for episode 46 of Down on the Docks. Have a wonderful week, everybody.